1: Your
2: buddy, kind of guy you can drink beer with. Start your engine. It's the Nick D podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is the Nick D podcast, as the gentleman Jason Skaggs just said. I am Nick D. I am Nick Degilio Welcome to the Nick T Podcast, episode number 222. Room 222, remember Room 222? Karen Valentine. Oh, man, how do you not love Karen Valentine? I just dated myself, by the way, by saying, hey, do you remember Room 222? Because no one under 50 is going to remember Room 222. ABC's comedy drama series uh, about uh, working in a school in the 1970s. Michael Constantine was in that. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else was in that. There was a red haired guy with a big f- screwed up red afro uh, in that one. Yeah, Karen Valentine, room 222. Anyway, it's episode number 222. I don't get distracted very often. I don't know if you listen to this uh, podcast uh, often, but I usually just stay focused. I'm, re- I'm really, I really am very focused. By the way, if you hear in the background, you hear that in the background there? I would like to note that in Chicago right now, it's, an even, it's the evening. It's uh, kind of late at night right now as I record this. And it, the high today was 65 on a February afternoon. 65, uh, 65, 66, upper 60s was the high today. It's now down to about 50. And uh, this is when uh, my radiator decides to go on full blast. It's lovely to live in a very old apartment building that has the big giant steel radiators with the steam and the water that shoots out all over the place and makes clanging noises and hissing noises throughout the night and so on and so forth. But sometimes when it's like 30 below, my heat decides not to come on. But it's like 60 out, it's 175 degrees in here right now. Um, And I have all the windows closed and the ceiling fans off because it would make too much noise. And, And I start to record, and of course, just as I'm about to sit down and record... The first segment of this podcast. Uh, because it's like 55 degrees outside, my 900 year old steaming radiators decide to bust on and fill up the room like I'm uh, like I'm in a steam bath. So anyway, that hissing that you well, actually that thumping that you hear, it's very, by the way, it's late at night. I just want you to know that there are people who live upstairs from me who, I think have two children. And they run around. One of them is a toddler, and I think one's a baby. I don't. Think, I think one of them is just like a baby who's maybe less than a year old, and the other one is maybe three years old. And they scream and cry and run around like maniacs till around three, four in the morning. So, um, as I record this first segment, you're getting a, a look into the life of Nick Gilio who lives in a lovely apartment. I love my apartment, I really do. It's, but it's in an old building that is being occupied currently by a lot of jagoffs. Uh, the people downstairs from me. Um, There are about 75 pairs of shoes in the hallway outside their apartment door at all times. I don't know how many people live in the apartment, but I do know that their rugs are clean because their fucking shoes are outside the door every day. Usually, and I'm not kidding, like 20 to 25 pairs of shoes and slippers outside on the door, and I, I have to walk around them and climb over them to get up the stairs to my apartment. They're on the first floor. So I have those idiots who are usually up they usually start partying around 10 p.m. on weeknights still around 4 or 5 a.m. And because it's getting warmer outside, they'll be out on their back porch, which is right outside of my window. So if I record late at night, you might hear those jag-offs with their 75 pairs of shoes running around. So I, love, I lived in this building for a very long time, and I've always enjoyed living in this building. It's an old building, big brown, dark brown brick building with a courtyard, and it's old, and it's got 900-year-old radiators, and they hiss and they moan, and... I've lived here a long time and I've seen a lot of idiots come and go in the apartments below, above, and across from me. But man, the current set of Jagoffs who live in this building have to take the cake for Jagoff neighbors. And we've talked about this on the podcast. If you want to leave your stories, what are the weirdest and most jagoff-like neighbors you've ever had? Because currently I have a good set of Jagoffs living in my section of the building, in the bat and this building has a lot of units, and it's a big, long. Big old school Chicago city apartment building, and there's a courtyard and a bunch of people and a bunch of laundry rooms and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a building filled with jagoffs, and the kind of the outside of it looks a little like Shutter Island. And yeah, but hey, you want to share your crazy? We're due to talk about that next time. Uh, Esmeralda and I get together, which is actually on this on this episode, but maybe on the next episode of the episode after that. Esmeralda and I can start sharing our classic stories of asshole jagoff and weirdo neighbors. Everybody's had them. Everybody's got them. Hey. Let's do that right now. Why don't you leave your message on our voicemail system? Which, by the way, you can leave a voicemail anytime you want here at the podcast. 24-7, anytime you want to say something, anytime a day, at night. It's it's ready to go. So record. Go nuts. Call. Voicemail us now at 773-417-6948. If you have Jagoff or Weirdo Neighbor Stories, share them. Via email as well. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. With your questions, your comments, your contributions, anything. Questions for our regular guests. Anything you want to say. Email us nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Voicemail us twenty four seven 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 three four one seven six nine four eight 773 417 6948 with any of your questions or comments. And currently, why not? Your stories about jagoff and weirdo and crazy neighbors that you've had to put up with. I've had a lot. So there you go. So some little explanation of what you're hearing in the background. And for some reason, I've gone down. Again, I don't get distracted very often. I don't, as you know. I started talking about room 222. Now I've told you the entire history of the idiots that have lived in this building and the current loud idiot jagoffs and crazy babies that live above me and the hissing uh, radiator. So now you know way too much about my apartment. So let's move on, shall we? The lovely Monica Ang is going to join me. She's our special guest today. She is from Axios.com. You can check out the Chicago version of Axios where they cover uh, great news stories every single day. You get the newsletter. It's fantastic. She, Justin, um, um, Justin Kaufman, and a bunch of other people work at Axios, and they cover the world of news and politics and entertainment and food and all kinds of cool stuff. Axios.com, fantastic website. Monica Eng is going to join us to talk about some of the things she's been covering and food-related items, which we always talk about as well. And then the great Esmeralda Leon, my partner in crime, who I just mentioned earlier, joins me on every single episode. Today we are going to get back to our list of celebrities that everybody hates, and we have more snacks to taste test from France uh, from our American Yums uh, packages that we get every month, American—I'm uh, sorry, not American—Universal uh, Universal Yums is what it's called, and we get a package from uh, of snacks from around the world every month from a different country. We are smack dab in the middle of taste testing our way through France, which is what we're going to continue to do when Esmeralda Leon gets here. So that's all coming up. If you want to get a hold of us or be a part of the podcast in any any way voicemail again 773-417-6948 email us nickdpodcast at gmail.com how about you be a sponsor because a lot of people listen to this podcast a very popular podcast so what you need to do is advertise with us because a lot of people will hear your advertisements so be a sponsor right now drop us a note and say i want to sponsor the nick d podcast and be an advertiser sales at radiomisfits.com let's get into business together shall we jason skaggs does all the music and the sound and the weirdness uh, you can always please share, rate, and review us on every single platform. Take a listen to my other podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and that's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years. It's an SNL podcast. It's all about Saturday Night Live. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Check out our 24-hour streaming service here at Radio Misfits. It's called RadioMisfits.Live. It's filled with incredible unheard music from unsigned bands and episodes of all the amazing podcasts available here at Radio Misfits. 24-7, it's free. It's like radio, only a lot cooler. Radio Misfits. Live. Bookmark it. Listen. Do
1: it. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
2: I know you do. Buddy. Hi, I'm
1: Carrie yeah. Russell, and I love Nick's show.
2: She listens to Radio and you should too. Also, if you're an SNL fan, and you don't subscribe to my my other podcast. You're dumb. So subscribe now. All this stuff is available at RadioMisfits.com. So there it is. All righty then. Uh, <laughs> now that you know everything, about, and listen. Oh, it's starting starting to die down, so maybe it'll be nice and quiet as I welcome Monica Eng from Axios.com slash Chicago to talk about all kinds of cool stuff. Monica Eng will join me after I say that you need to be congratulated uh, hugely. So congratulations. So congratulations.
3: Congratulations.
0: You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the
3: other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jaggle.
2: Uh, And uh, we're back here in the uh, in, in what my radiator just stopped. Hissing. So uh, we are, we are, we can, we can get this. We can probably squeeze uh, this interview in before the uh, before the next round of hissing begins uh, in my apartment. At and least from the radiator. I'm sorry.
3: At least hissing from the radiator. Yes,
2: that's <laughs> yes, right. I can't guarantee that Monica will not hiss during yeah. at any point during this uh, during this interview. But uh, I'm always uh, very, very pleased to welcome uh, the the lovely uh, Monica Eng to uh the podcast uh from axios uh chicago and it's monica eng hi monica
3: hey great to be here nick
2: always great to have you on how have you been
3: all right um you know uh people in my house well people downstairs from me my my son and his girlfriend are getting covid but uh we're keeping our distance and at least it's been nice weather to kind of walk outside but yeah yeah i think a lot of people are getting it
2: um it's been yeah i've noticed that i've noticed that a lot of uh, some of some people i know and a lot of people on the old you know the old social feeds yes uh seem to be like yeah i got the COVID. uh so uh it's isn't it amazing how it's just kind of like yeah you got it just uh you'll be all right yeah um, yeah
3: you know. no more alarm but i am gonna make some more soup i've been making a lot of soup for people oh, well, and sucks. watching i'll be testing myself too
2: yes of course you have to you have to do that yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess I'm, I'm going to knock wood here. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm in that, what do they call us? Novid? Oh, call so
3: far us? you're a Novid. Wow. I Am guess. I, now
2: here's the thing, though. I'm convinced I had it mm. because I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a host and a moderator at this uh, horror film convention called Flashback Horror Convention. We, by the way, have some amazing guests that are lined up. It starts in mm. August, and we've been starting to really, we have a big John Carpenter's The Thing reunion. Wow! Like three of the actors from that. We have Jane Levy from Zoe's extraordinary uh, playlist, and huh, uh, and uh, Don't Breathe and Evil Dead coming, and all that stuff. So, so it's it's really a lot of fun. But I went a couple of years ago, and these are this is like thousand people come in to the Hyatt Regency at O'Hare over the course of four days. I'm there in a hotel with horror fans. Yeah, Uh, didn't wear mask and I share microphones with people, and all kinds of stuff, and. And when I got home from that, I felt like shit. I I felt terrible. Um, And my partner who I share microphones with and we do the Q&As in one room, he had it. Mm. And the sound guy in that room had it. And three or four other people who I was working with behind the scenes and in the break room and all kinds of stuff at the hotel all had it. And I felt like hell. I tested five times negative. That's so weird. Now, I did not go out. You know what I mean? I acted as though, you know, I I, I conducted myself in a manner that, you know, like I had it. So I stayed in the house. I kind of quarantined myself, you know, in my apartment and didn't go out for like five or six days. And I felt like hell. Um, But I did not have a huge temperature. I did not. But I did feel, I mean, like I was all congested and I felt terrible. I felt run down. I'm convinced I had it. But I literally tested myself five times. And I was negative every time. Did
3: you lose your sense of smell?
2: No. Hmm. No, but like everybody I knew from that convention that whole weekend, they were got all like, it. yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got oh, it. Everybody wow. said yes, and I went, oh, hell. So I got my mask on. I went across the street to the, to the, to the Walgreens, and I got a, a couple of tests, and I came home. Did it, expecting the positive. Huh. Negative every time. Wow. <laughs> so, so technically, I'm a NOVID, mm. although very early on when we didn't have the at-home tests or the, yeah. or, or, you know, um, or, or the shots or anything um i think i had it hmm. um so but but technically yeah as far as like testing you never got a that, positive test i never got a positive test and, I, and i've been tested 900 times and uh so it's, it's very very weird very very wow. weird. but i'm glad that you're negative at this point and i hope that the people who are positive in your household get better very soon
3: yes yes and so, it's, it's so. good for
2: soup making it is good for soup making. what kind of soup do you make do you do the old-fashioned do you do the chicken noodle just because it's so um
3: I do a lot of chicken noodle, but I love adding uh, sort of Korean and Japanese ingredients. So red miso and gochujang, which is sort of a concentrated fermented uh, hot pepper paste. Mm. And it just makes the the flavor a lot deeper and spicier and and more savory. And clear out those
2: those sinuses a little bit, too. That's right. That's right. That's the way Um, to go. Wow. So, Uh um, yeah. Yeah, so I hope everybody's okay. And so Axios, uh, for people, as we have to do the reminder every time we talk to you. I know we talk to you once a month, and uh, mm-hmm. but for people who are new and don't know what Axios is, please explain what Axios is and the Chicago edition of Axios.
3: Sure. Axios started uh, about seven years ago with guys from Politico who decided that they were going to leave Politico and start a new thing that was uh, more reader-friendly and meets people kind of where they are today. Which is everyone feels like they're in a hurry and they don't have time to read long-form journalism but they want to get smarter faster so it was uh, mostly tech and business and uh, politics in dc but about five years ago maybe four years ago they said hey why don't we start like little mini ones in cities across the nation and see if we can you know uh, tell people what's going on in their city really quickly in 900 words or less so they started um axios des moines and uh at axios tampa and all these other cities now they have 30 cities uh chicago among oh, wow. them we're almost three years old
0: mm-hmm.
3: and uh that's what i do i i did not think i wanted to write a newsletter but it's so much fun it lets me kind of bop around and just find what's interesting interesting in chicago and try to explain big complex let's say policy ideas um in a way that people can grasp and they can become better citizens.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's axios.com/chicago. That's the way to Correct. At. And you can subscribe to the newsletter right now as we speak. Nobody's holding your hand.
3: That's right. It's totally yeah. free and it's just delightful. You know, mm-hmm. along with, you know, your vegetables every day, we give you some meat, <laughs> potatoes, and a lot of little desserts that are so fun.
2: Yeah. It is it is, it is great. It's really terrific. And again, I can speak uh uh personally uh, from the fact that I've worked with both Monica and Justin, and I'm sure that everybody else that works with you at Actio is fantastic, but Monica and Justin are fantastic people and very talented. Oh, thank you. And I've noticed that, uh, and by the way, you are a delight to follow on socials. Can I just say that?
3: Oh, thank you.
2: I think that people should follow you on socials. Not only is it, uh, is it informative and fun, uh, but I la- it, it, do, you ha- is that, do you have a name for the way you take your own pictures? Is there a <laughs> Uh, Selfie it's, it's, with a it's crazy a, face. Yeah, well, but you're you're always just like, hey! you know, like it's in the <laughs> you're in the middle, you're in the middle of like yelling or smiling or in the middle of just like saying a large word. It seems and it's delightful and it's always it always seems to be to your left
3: yeah yeah um, uh, was is, well, that, just, is that is
2: that is that on purpose are those poses on purpose because i i think they're they're goddamn delightful quite frankly but i oh, just thank you i'm wondering if that's done on purpose or it's just an unbelievable coincidence that your pictures uh, are so consistently fun
3: well you know i i don't know if i took a picture with someone like that once and i thought oh that's nice i think Ina pinkney always told me she said smile to the side and then look up with your eyes wide open <laughs> and uh, she's uh, she's the breakfast queen who had Aina's yeah. restaurant. Yeah. And then I figured I could have, you know, someone at my side, um, and if I use my left hand to take the picture, then someone if they're on my right, we could get them in. And sometimes I've gotten like fifteen other people. Yeah. Um, if they're in back of me or to the side. Yeah. So it just kinda of works and um I never realized my father, he, he, uh, he, he likes to make goofy faces. And I remember someone said to me, Oh, Monica, you're so funny. You always make those faces. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't make faces. And I guess I do. Um, yeah, you and,
2: do. yeah, you do. You do. And they're delightful. They're, they're delightful. And yeah. And no, I mean, it, it's funny because like you do, it, it, it's, it's almost become, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it's almost become like a trademark. If you follow Monica Ang, you know, on it's the yeah, socials. You'll see about a
3: hundred of those at least, yeah. No,
2: yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> uh, and every time I see one, I'm like, oh, there's Monica. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I love when you squeeze other people in. But, and sometimes it's only like, sometimes you'll get like part of your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll have, you you want to get the other people. Like Let's say you have 15 or 20 people. Like you're sitting, you know, yeah. like I've seen you do this in like in like at a restaurant or something in a very long table yeah. know, or a gathering and you'll try to get as many people as possible. And then there's only just your right eye and half of your smile. Yeah, you know, but it's always, coffee, it's always, gotta,
3: yeah, uh, I'll, I'll try to, I'll leave myself out um, yeah. try, to try to get the rest in. But, yeah.
2: Now, in addition to, you know, Axios being newsworthy and informative and free and really cool and giving you those, those portions of, uh, of your diet that you need every day, it also just by, again, following you on socials and knowing you. Axios keeps you busy. I mean, you are bopping around from place to place and event to event, and Axios has really cool events um, that you've been a part of. Tell me a little bit about, like, what has been the schedule for, I don't know, like the last month, and what is the schedule um, that, that, you know, that, that Axios is requiring of you? Because you bop around the city. You do a lot of di- different stories and a lot of events. Tell me about how Axios keeps you busy.
3: Well, you know, it's so weird because at the beginning, you know, we started, you know, when it was still very covid and so we didn't go out much. I mean, we all I, I felt like I was just in my house all day long. Um, But Justin uh, Kaufman, my my writing partner, along with Carrie Shepard, um, he was like, you know, Monica, we got to get out and we got to like, you know, show the world that we're around Chicago. So whenever you're out, let's do um, a photo in a place to try to, you know, get people to guess where we are. And it really makes people think we're out more than we were, or at least it did back then. But now I actually am out a lot. Right. Um, You know, as everyone's becoming a little more comfortable going out. So I was just at City Hall yesterday mm-hmm. um, covering the meeting. Nothing huge happened, although the mayor was a lot nicer to us during the um, the press conference afterwards, after um, Fran Spielman had a front page story saying that he is basically evasive with the press, he decided to, I, I was almost gonna ask him, I said, sometimes there's a front page story today saying that your comms team is failing you and you avoid questions. Would you say both of those are true? I didn't use that as my question because I only had one question.
2: Because you wanted to see if he was going to avoid you, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, um, yeah.
3: But um, so I was. Now wait a minute.
2: Yesterday. So, so uh, your experience with working with Brandon has been—he's been hostile to you because you said that. So what's what's going on he's, there?
3: He, um, well, we, you know, some usually they're about like you know three questions of the day, and we'll often ans- ask them and uh, be told, okay, that's it, hand the mic to someone else, and he won't have answered it. You know, he just evades oh, the questions, and it got to a point where it became a front page story. Right, that he's not even answering the most basic questions. You can say yes or no. Will ShotSpotter Spotter be over on Friday? And he'll say I've been clear on this when he has not been clear at all. And then the next <laughs> person will say Friday deadline or not. And then, um, but he was he was a little better yesterday. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, they passed the uh, the dollar store uh, law that will prohibit. Um, additional dollar stores by the same company within a mile of each other. And that was kind of the, the big thing. Oh, um, wait. So,
2: so uh, uh, I wasn't even aware that this was a thing. So, yeah. because there are dollar to, well, I, now that you bring it up, now there are dollar stores every other block in certain neighborhoods in the city. Yes. And, and, and the, w- yeah. did it become a monopoly? Is that what happened?
3: Well, the complaint, it's, it's interesting because it wasn't, um, it wasn't, so much that people didn't like the concentration of them. It, it kind of started where Matt O'Shea was like, um, who's in, uh, he's the alderman of the uh, 19th Ward, Beverly, Morgan Park, and um, Mount Greenwood. Yeah. He said that he was getting, you know, a request to put a fifth one in his area. And he was a little fed up with the the maintenance and the general upkeep of the four that were already there. Um, they hadn't fixed their gutters. They had garbage problems. And so he said, you know what? I'm not gonna grant another one until you you know, clean up your act. And then other elders said, you know what? They're also kind of crappy in my neighborhood too. But then there was pushback saying, you know what? For some of us, this is the only grocery store in our yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we can't get stuff. This is in, in areas where Jewel and Aldi and Walgreens have abandoned us, there are dollar stores. So this was kind of a contentious debate back and forth, but it ended up winning, I believe 47 to or 42 to seven um uh because they said you know they asked the uh the company that owns both dollar general and dollar no sorry that own family dollar and the uh other dollar store and then dollar general is another company they asked them to to meet with them and make compromises and they said that they hadn't done that and um so they passed the law and I think you know I'm not here to offer opinions on the law but uh, one each mile by the same uh, company maybe enough but we'll see how it works out
2: mm-hmm. one so, up, one from each company per mile so they can't have like the same company can't own one in, the, in a mile distance from another
3: right so right. I can't believe it's oh dollar tree dollar, dollar tree and, Fa- yes. and family dollar are owned by right. the same company so okay. they couldn't have two within the same mile but dollar General is another company so that could be. Um, so, so I covered that and, mm-hmm. uh, but usually, I mean, for the last several months, every time I've gone to city hall, it's been raucous and protests and anger. And one of the things that they were sorting out is, um, Alderman Desmond Yancey had sent a letter to the chair of the black caucus asking to censure his fellow alder, Greg Mitchell, who sits two seats away from him saying that he physically confronted him during, yeah. right after the last meeting.
2: Um, just, just, uh, just a little, a little sidebar. Monica? Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend lives in South Shore. Okay. <laughs> so you know about this. I've met him several times. Oh, well. Wow. Uh, Mitchell, I've met him. And uh, yeah. it's been a, you know, I've, uh, we've been dating now for about seven months and, and, uh, and I've, I've met him and uh, been to like, you know, been to like meetings and things like that. And uh, he's like a generally nice guy uh, and, and well liked by many people in South Shore. Uh, so this has been an interesting story that my that my girlfriend has been following closer because she lives there i just visit on weekends yeah um but yeah this is a pretty crazy story right
3: yeah i mean usually if people have um issues with each other it's sorted out not in such a public way but this council has seen some pretty public fights Um, And so the Black Caucus was going to meet after the meeting um, to hear both sides, Mm -hmm. and um, it was not a public meeting. But I did see a member of the Black Caucus afterwards, and that person told me, Um, I don't think you're going to hear an announcement about it, which tells me that maybe they did sort it out there. And it did not rise to what what Yancey had requested was that Mitchell lose uh, some of his leadership positions in the council Mm -hmm. because of this alleged physical confrontation. Maybe they're like, you know, let's keep the drama in here. Um, But, you know, tempers had been flaring, you know, in pretty much every meeting that I've seen over the last several months.
2: Just in City Hall in general.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Whether it yeah. was, uh, you know, the Palestinian or the sort of the Hamas-Israeli war sure. yeah. or whether it was bring Chicago home or, migration you know what, stuff, uh, Migra- every single. Yeah. The, so you get a half hour public comment before the meeting and every single time it's people screaming, you know, why are you helping the migrants? And it's, um, so, that's pretty consistent.
2: So your city hall visits have been pretty tense over the past yeah. months or so. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was good to have wow. a boring one finally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Evasive, but boring. At Yes. Least. Uh, yes.
2: Yeah, in that regard. And where else? I mean, you've been traveling around elsewhere, more fun stuff than city hall and and, yeah. and stuff. But I mean, you're all, you're all over the place. Uh, you know, obviously you go to a lot of restaurants and you guys have, you know, Axios has like events and things like that. I know you guys hang out at the hideout quite frequently. A lot of your events happen there. Tell right. me a little bit about some of the other stuff you've been doing Axi- Axios related.
3: Yeah, um, we had <clears throat> we had an Axios. We started calling it office hours. We're not sure if we're going to change the name, um, but it was kind of like, you know, you go see a professor, you know, while they're um, have these office hours and visit because we wanted to meet readers. Um, but our last one at the hideout, which was, I believe, on the 15th, um, we had um, we had Kevin Peng, my former colleague from the Chicago Tribune, was, come was and talk my, to me.
2: Was, was on my GN show, Many times talking about cheeseburgers and stuff.
3: <laughs> he likes his cheeseburgers. <laughs> he does, and and he's written a fantastic book called A Very Chinese uh, Cookbook with his dad. Um, that has really easy to make, terrific Chinese dishes. So um, I think it was the first time that there was a cooking demonstration on the stage at the hideout. Really? He and I, yeah, wow. he and I made dumplings. There's not an exhaust system. And so um, <laughs> I was afraid the smoke alarm was gonna go off. So. Right. So I I bet that place
2: has never smelled better. I've been in the Hideout, and I guarantee you it's probably never smelled better.
3: I love the Hideout, but there is often a uh, Lysol or Fabuloso smell um, in there.
2: Fabuloso, I love that stuff so much. I I have some under my sink right now. Oh my gosh,
3: I I can smell it now. Um, So that was fun, and then you know, and and people ate the dumplings and they didn't die. I was like, oh my gosh, did I leave this pork filling out too long? Nobody died, please. I hope it's gonna be okay.
2: Um, I love that you were concerned that people were gonna die by something well, that you made that's that's fantastic, mom Well, know, yeah, you just don't that like, really makes like... that really makes the covid people feel safe then. <laughs> Your well, people... And,
3: I mean, Kevin was like, how long has this pork filling been sitting out? I'm like, well, just a few hours. I couldn't find a fridge. Um, anyway, it was all fine. It was all fine in the end, right. Um, and we were supposed Uh, to interview Alderman Andre Vasquez that night, but he came down with, um, I don't know if it was COVID, but he was not feeling well. So, um, so Justin interviewed me with the same questions that he was going to ask the alderman, like, um, what's going on with the migrant crisis? How did you like going to Lane Tech? Um, and then I said, Justin, you can ask me the one where you said, Hey, I hear you are a rapper. Can you rap for us? But he didn't go there. I don't think he trusted my rapping skills.
2: Right. Because no, Vasquez was a rapper, it, uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard yeah. you didn't rap then.
3: No, and I was already. I was gonna do like a, um, a flight of the Concords rap from their song "I've Got Her Feelings," and I've been Can practicing you do that all now? day.
2: Would you do that now?
3: Oh, let's say okay. Because you
2: sang on the last episode
3: yeah oh this
2: podcast you sang and i was like god damn she's got a great book can you rap okay i'm gonna try to remember okay i
3: make a meal for my friends try to make it delicious try to keep it nutritious make wonderful dishes nobody cares about the way i feel nobody compliments the meal i've got hurt feelings i've got hurt feelings you could have said something nice about my profiteroles okay that's about it
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's spectacular
3: Thank you. It's that a great song. Was... I've Got Hurt Feelings. It's a great song.
2: Yeah. No, that's fantastic. That was really, really great, man. Now, you know, and now you realize now that you're going to have to sing or rap every time you come on this program. I will be
3: I... ready. I will be okay. ready.
2: All right. Well, th- it was their loss that you didn't get to do that at the high. I know.
3: I think Justin was like, did she choose like, you know, a good rap? Is yeah. she going to embarrass us?
2: By the way, did, uh, did Vasquez go to Lane? He did. Wait, and so did you.
3: Yes, and so that was the funny thing. Okay, oh, well, what okay. am I going to do, Monica? I'll just ask you all the same questions.
2: <laughs> well, okay, just because you both went to Lane, okay? Yeah,
3: so that was that's the shtick, really funny. Was, that yeah. is
2: really funny because for a second there, I went, wait a minute, you went to Lane, because I, yeah. I, I, we've talked about this before. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And right. you know,
3: I remember saying to him when I realized I was like, "Oh, you went to Lane," and then I was like, "Oh, twenty years after I went." <laughs> you, you always think that the people you cover are, are grownups, and you're right? not. Isn't and that crazy?
2: Suddenly, you don't
3: they're that- younger than you. Like the I mayor know. is younger than I. I'm. Like, what's going on? I
2: know. Isn't that nuts? Here's you want to, from a from a here's the thing from a from a, uh, a my buddy Mike uh, Mike Meredith is his name. Uh, I used to work with him and he was one of my, he was a writing partner of mine when I was with the factory theater here in Chicago. We wrote a lot of plays together and, mm-hmm. and appeared in a lot of plays together. And he's the same age as I am. We're both, um, we're both 58. And so um, when we were in our late twenties is when we started working, you know, together writing. So a long time ago. And he said that the first time he felt old as a, this is as an adolescent man, as a man, well, we're always adolescent. I'm mm-hmm. 58. And I still act like I'm 12 cause I'm an idiot. But he said that when you look, he said the first time he ever felt old was when he looked at the, <laughs> at the whatever that fact sheet is that the Playboy centerfolds fill out. You know how they oh fill my out, gosh. The, you know, like the height, the weight, and you know, hobbies, favorite movies, and all that other crap that they fill out. You know, um, um, maybe you're not aware of that, but they, no, do, but they <laughs> I'm afraid I'm not. Okay, well, in the in the Playboy centerfold, there is like as you fold it out, there is a section where they it's like a it's like an interview where they fill right. it out in their own handwriting. Okay. You know, the measurements, blah, 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 and what their favorite movie is, and blah, you know, where they grew up, and, you know, their belief system, and whatever crap that they wanted. <laughs> and so, Mike always said that the first time he ever felt really old was when the playmate was younger than he was. Oh, wow. Like, when he looked in the <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty much on target for, like, you go, ugh, because you're suddenly older than the
3: you're that the, creep looking at that younger woman.
2: Exactly, yeah. exactly <laughs> right. You're like, oh no, like she's, <laughs> and then like as you look, you know, like as a couple of years go by, you look and they're significantly younger than you, and that's when you start going, I probably need to go to jail right now because this is really creepy. Yeah. So I need
3: to, but to read um, Playboy Senior.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but that's like, and it's and it was really because Mike, you know, he I mean, he really put his finger on it for adolescent for idiot young men. Yeah. You know, to look at that and go, oh, my god. Those gosh. were always older women. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They were unattainable older women who, you know, yeah. oh, my God. And then you look at it and they're like, wow, man, she's like seven years younger than me. Oh, geez. This is creepy. So, yeah. anyway. Try but, yeah, no, it a is weird when, like, younger than you. when your mare is younger than you, uh, and when you're, and of course, my example is creepy. I'm sorry, Monica. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, well, when, when the president's younger than us, right? Uh... Yeah, it, it, and when your boss
2: is younger, like when you have to report right, oh, to yeah. someone who's younger than you, and you're like, man, you don't know what you're talking. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's always interesting. It's always interesting. But yep. yeah. Uh, so uh, luckily, right, well, I have
3: a smart young boss.
2: Th- that's good. That's yeah. good. That's always good. My last boss who was younger than me was not smarter than me. He was an idiot. Uh so that that just goes without saying. But yeah, the mayor is younger than both of us, I think, right? Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, I think he's yeah. like in his 40s
2: or 30s? Yeah, significantly younger. Oh, everybody is significantly younger. Biden's not. We can at least say that. The I know, like, yes, thank definitely. you, Biden for
3: making me feel young.
2: Yeah, and and we, and we're, you know, and and again, the big, you know, the big concern is that he's going to continue to make us feel young. Is that that's one of the <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the big focal point, in fact, of, the, of, yeah. this enti- yeah, of this entire election is going to be, wow, well, he's significantly uh, older than us.
3: <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I hope, oh boy, oh boy, um, yeah. I hope well, we'll that see. goes well. Um, well, be... you know, speaking of radio, I, I I didn't even tell you about this story because it broke yesterday. Do you see that billionaire George Soros is buying, I, he's going to have I, the controlling I, share of Odyssey. I, Maybe he'll yeah, save Chicago radio
2: stations. He, I would hope so. I really, really hope so. That would be great. That would be really great. For people who might not know, give give sort of the key, the one on one on that.
3: Yeah, um, Justin wrote this story, but um, yesterday it was announced that George Soros had, um, had his firm was uh, poised to take control, have the majority shares in Odyssey, um, which had uh, filed for bankruptcy in January. And when you're talking Odyssey in Chicago, you're talking XRT. USN, US ninety nine, BBM, FM and AM,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, WBMX and WSCR. What's WSCR? I don't know that one.
2: That's the score. That's a, a oh score. Sports. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. the sports. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the other. Those side, are big stations. Have... Those are Those big are, yeah. stations. Yeah, huge.
3: And you know he's known for having progressive politics. Where on the other side you have Cumulus, Salem, and Nexstar that have conservative ties that own yeah. other big stations that we, we won't, won't talk about. We in won't Chicago. talk about
2: Next Star. Yeah, we won't. won't yeah. Just because i did mention the boss <laughs> that specific <laughs> boss. all right so so but george uh, is as so people are in in the radio have you talked to anybody over at the at those stations well
3: justin did
2: justin has worked at probably all those stations
3: <laughs> right well actually he um he, he reached out to them but then he he got a a comment from an odyssey spokesperson saying the decision by our existing and new debt holders to become equity holders and odyssey Represents a significant vote of confidence in our company and the future of radio and audio business. You know these colorful quotes that these yeah. spokespeople send out. Yep. Yep. Um, but let's see how that plays out. I mean, um, for people who were worried about working in a company under bankruptcy, yeah. or were that maybe the more conservative companies would buy them up, this might be interesting news.
2: It'll be, it's. 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 It is interesting. It'll be interesting to follow. And I'm. And I'm feeling. I, I would love to feel positive about it because I really would love to see radio continue to exist, you know, Yeah. terrestrial radio. I really would. I know it's on the, everybody talks about it, you know, that it's on its deathbed Dying. and, and, and yeah. all that. And I can see that. I can understand that. Um, I mean, I'm part of it. I mean, I do a podcast twice a week, so. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but but uh, I would love to see it continue. And, and if this is just some sort of like you know, life vest. Um, I think that's great. I think it's great. So I'm rooting, I'm rooting for all and And all those stations are, are important to Chicago. I, I listen to XRT every day. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's an interesting story. And you guys, of course, at Axios cover that because that's part of what, uh, what you do there. Yeah.
3: It was our uh, lead story in the, um, in the Thursday newsletter.
2: Now, now, one of the other places that you went to, uh, and I saw all the pictures and I was drooling <laughs> yesterday. Um, there's a new restaurant, a giant restaurant in River yeah. North, and you went to it. Tell us all about the restaurant, sure. how the food was, and and that was really yeah. And of course, we did have the signature Monica side angle picture. <laughs> uh, um, that was
3: La Grande Boucherie in yeah. the old um, in the old Ruth Chris Steakhouse yeah. building at Hubbard and Dearborn. Yeah, and they're billing themselves as Chicago's largest restaurant. And I'm thinking, well, with Grand Lux Cafe. I was just going to say, name.
2: that place is huge. Yeah, Yeah. With,
3: with that closing, I think this maybe leaves room for them being, you know, at yeah. 480 seats, uh, sure. the biggest one, 10,200 square feet. Um, and on top of it, it's just gorgeous. Um, it feels like you're walking into Paris 100 years ago, or what I imagine, you know, from the old uh, movable feast, Ernest Hemingway, now, eight times. I-
2: I've been to Ruth's Chris. I, I don't remember Ruth's Chris being that extraordinarily big. Maybe I just don't, I mean... Well, I, they I, used I, two floors, so oh, st- I don't know. Okay.
3: Did they have two floors at Ruth's I Chris? I don't... I, I never went. Now, yeah,
2: I've been there. I, it's not like I went there regularly, because I can't afford to go to steakhouses, but I went there I know, a few right? times. And the few times that I went there, it didn't seem extraordinarily large to me, which is why, like, when you're saying that this is, you know, it's in that space, I don't, maybe they, I don't remember them being, I, I, maybe other people can correct me on this. I have no idea. Other, you know, listeners can... can uh, you teach me on this but i don't remember there being a second floor when it was ruth chris
3: yeah maybe that was just for private dining and now they've made it a second dining room mm-hmm. um and and let's say the tables are close together in some of these areas oh i see man. um there's like a narrow little aisle where where diners and servers were kind of jostling for space um and so it's sort of like skyscrapers we want to Pack as much in here as possible. and makes it very convivial and, frankly, a little loud, especially since there was a hot jazz band playing. Um, opening night, but, sure. Yeah, but the food is wonderful. It is classic French and what they call large format meat. I'd never heard of that term.
2: Wait a minute, what?
3: Yeah, large format <laughs> meat. Sounds so delicious. That um,
2: sounds like a morning zoo assistant. Yeah, large
3: format <laughs> meat. <laughs> Um, and I think that's just big chunks of beef.
2: Right. Um, <laughs> so instead of saying big, we serve big chunks of beef, it's we have here large format meat. Yeah. Right.
3: Um, so that would be like a Chateaubriand or one of those tomahawk steaks that are really thick cut and, and big enough for two people right. um, that go for $175. Jesus. Um, And then i was i was looking at the menu on this i went on a press night full disclosure went on a Mm -hmm. press night where Mm -hmm. where uh food is complimentary um and i was i was trying to look at a menu they didn't have any menus so i went online and i was like wow this is a really good french onion soup it's like super rich broth you know wonderful gruyere cheese on top and i wanted to see how much it would cost and it said 22 dollars on the online menu, but it turns out um, when the dust had settled, about nineteen dollars. I was like, okay, twenty-two, nineteen to twenty-two dollars for a, a ball a smallish bowl of soup. Mm. Um, but it's so good that I would go back and pay it.
2: Okay. Um, I so don't know if gonna, I do. Yeah, go ahead. It's 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 going to be an expensive night if you go there, but the food will be good.
3: Yeah, and it'll be okay. so it's so rich, like you can you know taste like a stick of butter and everything. That oh, okay. you know maybe all you need is that one bowl of soup and, <laughs> and some of their lovely bread, and you'll feel very full.
2: That's right. Wow. Okay. So and now is it open to the public now? The, the restaurant. Yes. Or? Yep. Okay. It's right. open
3: to the public, and uh, 480 seats. You'll probably be able to get a seat or a seat at the bar. A gorgeous bar, gorgeous raw bar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh it's it's a special occasion night or if someone else is paying or if uh, you know you can expense it i would uh, definitely check it out
2: okay all right so there you go and you covered that and you covered that as well as other things uh by the way you know you mentioned all these earlier but there's a story today that drops today friday mm-hmm. uh aldi's has a five dollar wine collection
3: yes are they um, trying was... to
2: like compete with trader joe is that
3: right dandy? 2 buck chuck
2: yeah
3: Um, but now it's a 5 buck chuck um right. i th- i think 2 buck chuck is maybe 3 or 4 at this point yeah so we met the um the Aldi wine buyer recently the North American wine buyer downtown and he said i want to introduce you to this new line called california um, heritage where we are partnering with growers in california to make some everyday table wines so i don't know how familiar with aldi but there's um this guy yeah, like box of shame winking owl wine for uh <laughs> or like a bottle for 2.99 yeah. but then they have some really good like award-winning wines for in like the 10 14 range um that this one Cote uh, Cote de provence that was just fantastic that everybody was snapping up um a few years ago or last year even they keep bringing out this Cote de Provence Rosé but they wanted something in the middle that could be your everyday table wine and they wanted it to um be about five dollars a bottle and so that's what they did they they're they're not going to um commit to just one region of uh California but right now they're getting their grapes from the Central Coastal Valley and the Central Valley they're making a really nice Cabernet a really nice Chardonnay um kind of swedish for me a sparkling brute and then uh, a little light um pinot noir mm-hmm. um but then they also have something called a special select or specialty select um where they're going a little higher but they've got one of the nicest napa cabinets i've ever had uh, for 14.99 and i know that's a wow. little pricey but it tastes like you know something that's 50 bucks. Wow. So I went and I tried to buy it. After I did the tasting, I went, and I tried to buy it. It was sold out at two of my local Aldi's. I'm like, someone figured this out. It was like two days after it hit the shelves. So someone figured this out and they bought up all of them in the whole wow. city. Finally, I found a place that had them. Okay. Um, but it's 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 really decent table wine that you wow. would not feel embarrassed bringing to a dinner party, even the 4.99 ones. Um, and uh, I, I'm really impressed. You know, he said he wanted the, the wines to outperform their price point and punch really high for their weight class.
2: Yeah. And
3: I believe they have and it's not just because I'm the number one Aldi fan in the world. Um, well, I,
2: can uh, I just say something really quickly? I hadn't been to aldis these in, a, in, in, a, in years. And uh, my girlfriend and I went to uh, to Aldi's we stopped in I can't remember when it was last week or the week before. Here's what I notice about Aldi's. One, it's great. It's still I remember. I remember everything about. I like. Lo- I like Aldi's. I'm a fan of Aldi's. I'm a fan of cheap stuff, and I like it. And I find the brands to be interesting and fun, you know. Yeah. They're like the the kind of the off brand things. I always find them yeah. really fun. And we did in fact check out the liquor, and we checked out the you know uh, the wine and stuff like that, uh, just to just to look at it because I don't I don't drink anymore, but like to look at it. And I always find it really interesting to to to, to price these things and stuff like that. But here's the one thing I notice about Aldi, in general. Hmm. Uh, Now, and I'm going to ask you this. I don't know how long this has been the case, but I was thrilled because I worked at Jewel for many years. I was uh, in the dairy department. I was a manager in the dairy department. I worked here. I worked there. And whenever they, you know, whenever it gets uh, busy at the Jewels, Mm -hmm. they will request help where you have to run up from the back if you work in the grocery department or if you work in the dairy department. You have to run up and bag if they're they're excessively busy. You have to run up and you bag, you help bag. That's just been a thing. Uh, Here's what I noticed as I walked in. One, obviously, Aldi, there are no baggers at Aldi.
3: No, nope, you're the bagger.
2: You're the bagger, which is cool. Yeah. And now that's, a right, now that's like kind of true of every grocery store. They were the first to really do that. But here's yeah. what I noticed, and I was so thrilled about this. I felt like George Costanza in an episode of, uh, of Seinfeld. Uh, the checkers are seated. They're oh. sitting. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've yeah. ever seen in my life. The, the, <laughs> the checkers are all sitting down because they don't have to worry about getting it to the baggers or anything like that.
3: And that was the first thing I
2: noticed when I went to Aldi's. I was like, all of the people who are checking us out are, they're all at the registers, they're all sitting down. And I thought that was, and I felt like George in that one episode of Seinfeld where he saw the security guard was standing all the time. And he remember he brought him a chair <laughs> and he said, uh, You stand all day, why don't you sit down? And then, this, of course, the security guard falls asleep and they rob the place while he's asleep, but, <laughs> which is the joke in, within yeah. that episode of Seinfeld. But I felt like George Costanza. I'm like, I feel so happy that these people are sitting down. That they get to sit, yeah, so I don't I know. That was realize the
3: how yeah how the bagging thing would affect that. And, yeah, because you don't. Yeah. There's no
2: conveyor belt. The conveyor belt is before. Yeah, like there's not even there's no like there's like they you because you, you people are taking because there's a bagging station. Like you, they throw everything back into the cart. Yeah, and there's like a bagging table, a station where you go and then you bag your items away from the away from the checker away from yeah. the. Uh, So so they're all seated. And I was the first time I ever walked into a grocery store and the people checking us out, the people at the register were actually seated. And I just was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was very, very happy. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've written for about 20 years about the evolution of Aldi because when I was growing up, you know, it, it was kind of a grim, depressing yeah. place yep. that I was like, oh, I'm not going there. Yep. But it has changed into such a hipster place. It is. Um, yeah. With with really decent wine now, too. And um, and really, you know, I, I am not being paid for this. Really good products. And it's easy to navigate because I, I get so overwhelmed in a jewel. you know, much less a Costco. And it's like, Aldi, we can be done with our whole weeks of a week of grocery shopping in like 15 minutes because we know everything's there. And the self-checkout, it's increasingly becoming self-checkout. You know, as someone who supports labor, um, I I see where Aldi's saving their money. It's, um, you know, uh, not having as big a footprint. It's not having as many products. And they can, it seems like they have like maybe three people running the whole thing because... There's a lot of self-checkout, and people are can do checkout, they can do inventory, they can do warehouse, and they just do whatever's necessary yeah. at the time. Yeah.
2: And I'd been, it, like I said, that was the first time I'd been in Aldi in a long time. And I remember I, when we went in, I'm like, man, this place is great. We were looking at some of the, you know, some of the, we were looking in the meat department. We were checking out everything. You know, we didn't buy a yeah. lot of stuff. We only, because we, we were, you know, because you go to Aldi, like I said, like you said, you go in there, you want to get, you, you know, get a full week's worth of stuff when you go to Aldi. Yeah. Uh, but we went in there, we were just we had time to kill. And we we're like, hey, Aldi, let's go in. And we went in and we walked <laughs> out. Like, hey, this place is great. And and you know, we ended up buying a few things and and then when we were in the when we were in line to check out, I was like, Oh my god, they're seated. And I was so thrilled about that. I was just happy the entire visit was pleasant. Like I walked well, into the Aldi yeah. and I'm like, we need to go to Aldi more often. Yeah. And now, like if you drink wine, you need to go to Aldi on a regular basis. And that story is that's at Axios today, uh, Friday.
3: Yep, yep. And oh. it's, you know, and, and don't forget, it's a, lo- a local company, Batavia-based yeah. Aldi. That's one yeah. of the reasons I was able to write it, because, you know, we like to keep our stories Chicago-based. And even though all there are tons, there are 30 within the city limits and even more outside of the city limits, um, because it's a Chicago company, it's one of the few grocery companies that are located in the Chicago area
2: now. Yeah. Okay, make sure you check it out. Well, that's great. So the wine collection at Aldi's is pretty impressive.
3: So yeah, that's great.
0: yeah.
2: Uh, all right, Signature Smell in Chicago. I have, We have to talk about this. <laughs> what is Chicago's Signature Smell? Now, this has Kaufman written all over it. Was that, was that something oh, that- Oh, yes.
3: It's yeah, <laughs> this this a Justin special. <laughs> yes, um, it is. <laughs> and, you know, other other Axios um, cities had been doing it. And Justin's like, you know, if they're going to get their Signature Smell, we got to do it too.
0: Yeah. So,
3: um, so we asked people to vote. And they came up with um, the finalists were The Lake- um, some people said a nice lake breeze. Other people said rotting fish, but we, yeah. we he, he condensed that into the lake. <laughs> the, then, just
2: the, in general, the lake. Right. <laughs> right. Um,
3: breweries and beer. Some people said you know they love that Goose Island was here. Other people said a musty tavern vibe. Yep. Um, Garrett's popcorn. Actually, Garrett. I can't do it, but it's like it's it's like we want to say all these and jewels. We all say Garrett's, but it's actually Garrett. Popcorn.
2: I say carrots uh, all the time. I guess I it is like Aldi's and Jewels. I guess we yeah. do that. Do we do that as Chicagoans? Do we just add the possessive? Is yeah, that...
3: you kept saying Aldi's. I did, <laughs> just didn't now. I? I did. And
2: I say Jewels. <laughs> I mean, I worked at, the, I, I, I usually say the Jewels because that's what everyone yeah. says. The Jewels. Yeah. But, I mean, I worked there for, you know, many years, so I know what, what my paycheck used to say, and it didn't say, there was no asset. It doesn't something. say the jewels. No, it did not. Um, um, but, yeah, but, no, but I do say Pierrette. all these, don't I? God, Jesus, yeah. I just, re- I just no. yeah, thank you for reminding me.
3: Yeah, No, it's fine. But, I mean, I, it's so hard for me to say Garrett Popcorn, but Garrett I, Popcorn was uh-huh. one of the um, finalists. Meat, someone said um, meat because we had the um, stockyards.
2: Not, not was, much anymore, though, but when I was a kid, there were certain parts of the city, whoosh, Man. Where you could smell it, yes. Oh, my God, yes.
3: Um, now, but, what about,
2: yeah. can I ask this? Now, the, the, sure. the, you know, those are the finalists. Did chocolate make this? The, make yes,
3: the, yeah. yes, I'm going okay. down the list. So yeah. uh, so meat, um, which would be sockyards, but also Italian beef and hot dogs. Sure. Um, then onions, because of Maxwell Street and because we're the wild onion um bread toronto Ganella, rosen chocolate from blommer's chocolate factory and then exhaust from sitting in traffic so those were the finalists
2: those are great those those really are they they, that those are all accurate i think yeah and and there was a winner
3: there was a winner well you know last week we were gonna run it we're like okay let's just go with the winner now and it was garrett popcorn which had gotten this surge of votes at the last minute because Mm. it is chicago and we're like, okay, it's gonna be Garrett, and then um, we ended up holding the story. And Lake Michigan had a bunch of boosters who came in at the last minute, and they pushed it to victory. So Lake Michigan was number one. Garrett Popcorn, number two, chocolate, various meats, onions, bread, exhaust, beer. Right. Beer was at the bottom.
2: There you go. That makes sense. That makes that's that kind of sums up all of the. Incredible the, smells Chicago throughout smells, yeah. this city, but yeah, I think I think the lake that makes sense to me. I uh, I mean, if, when when I when I saw this, it was like, what is the signature sell, smell of Chicago? I don't know why the first thing that popped into my head was 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 the chocolate because um, coming off the Kennedy at Ontario or Ohio over there, yeah, you would inevitably boom, it would hit you like a ton of bricks every single time.
3: Yeah, um, it was so pleasant.
2: Yeah, so chocolate was the was the big one, but that's cool. So that so the uh, the Chicago signature smell is the lake.
3: Yep. Uh, yep. Whether it's n- rotting fish or just a nice lake breeze. Or, yeah. I th- It's been so warm lately. I wanted to jump in the lake this week. And then I forgot I had to do dumb city council. So my son, who's been home with COVID, he's like, Mom, are we going to go for a walk today to the lake? And I said, I can't, honey, but why don't you go jump in? It could be good therapy. So he jumped in the lake on Wednesday.
2: And how'd that work out for him?
3: He said, it's still very cold. Yeah. He said, but I think I'm going to jump in again.
2: Yeah. So. Well, it's the, this is the, we're having the kind of streak here weather-wise where you can jump in the lake in February.
3: Yeah, it's without so without strange. proving
2: to be insane. I mean, it was like sixty degrees yesterday. It was in the sixties yeah. yesterday.
3: And then on Monday, it's supposed to get warm again.
2: I know. I know. It's crazy. I and mean, then by Thursday, we might hit seventy in February. Wow.
3: Okay. I'm totally on, going
2: on the last day of February because we have We're it's a leap year. Thursday is the 29th, uh, and it's supposed to be 70 degrees on the 29th of February. Holy moly! So. Well,
3: I'll post it it with a picture, a selfie of me jumping. Yes, we have to do the
2: sideways smile Monica selfie, which (laughs) I love and find so beautiful and endearing. By the way, whenever you do that sideways thing and you're wearing a mask, I can still tell that you're smiling underneath. I can. Oh.
3: (laughs) The crinkly (laughs) eyes.
2: Yep, that's what it is. Now, the last thing I want to close with since we did smells, uh, why does the inspector general want to hear about your rat problems? Let me just say uh it's just amazing how i mean i've lived in in this apartment building for uh 12 years yeah, yeah 12 years going on 13 and uh and the rat issues by the back near the alley near the dumpsters and the, and you know at the end of the courtyard it goes up and it goes down every year you know what i mean like oh it's bad yeah. rat time oh it's okay the rats are under control it's pretty bad right now it's yeah. pretty bad right now so what is the uh, what is what is the current situation with the rat problem? What does the inspector general expect of us to tell him?
3: Well, it's really interesting. <clears throat> it's uh, Deborah Witzberg now. It used to be Joe Ferguson, and I talked to Deborah and I said, uh, "So why are you calling for rat stories?" She said that they're doing a, a project, and before they embark on it, they want to understand. Uh, they don't want to go with the official story of the streets and sand data, or the rat patrol, or what is it called, the rat. Uh, uh task force data they want to talk to people about their lived experiences and that's that's going to help them decide how uh, what kind of metrics they use to decide when what is victory what what do they need to be looking at to know if we're actually controlling the rats and Mm. uh, yeah as you know these things come and go like a lot of times we're like oh yeah okay it looks like we finally got rid of the rat problem in the alley and then we'll see like five scuttling by yeah yeah um so um, she says that she wants people to call 1833 talk to IG or use their online intake form um, or email talk to I number two IG Chicago.org to um to tell you know a story about uh, how how you found city services. Um, I, for a while we were calling three one one all the time saying you know, we saw five rats, you know, can you come and give us one of those boxes or, you know, tell us what to do to to close up these holes? Yeah. And so, you know, she says that she really wants to be responsive and she wants to build this investigation based on what the people tell her, not just what the officials tell her.
2: OK. All right. Well, it's I, I will say this. I mean, you know, like it's been I don't know. I don't know because I live in the city Um and uh, and it's 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 an issue. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. it's definitely an issue. I know that much.
3: Every time you think that you know it's it's done, um, I've, I've written stories saying that if everybody on the block works together, yeah, uh, rat rat behavioral scientists say the rats will leave your block and go to an easier pickens block. Wow, okay. But you know it's hard to have so those all have big rat together. meetings. I
2: don't, I, don't yeah. I don't see that happening in this building. By the way, rat behavioral what? What was the title of those people?
3: Uh, rat behavioral specialists. Okay, good. I'm who, gonna, that's,
2: that's what yeah. I'm going to pursue now for the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, Monica, always lovely to talk to you. What are you working on that we can see in the in the in the future for Axios? Real quick.
3: Um, I am working on a story about whether or not Mayor Brandon Johnson is done picking his cabinet. Um, you know, that sounds kind of boring, but, um, I asked him yesterday, I said, you know, you, you fired the head of, um, of, uh, basically special events, Mm -hmm. um, and you fired the head of housing. Um, are you done reorganizing your cabinet? May you still fire some commissioners like the head of the CTA? Mm. Um. And he kind and he of he didn't answer the question. He didn't answer he the didn't question. Answer he didn't answer the question. He was, he was evasive. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I have the right to choose my leaders. Like right. That's not the question. The question <laughs> is, are you done appointing your cabinet? Or should we expect more cannings and dumpings?
2: Yeah. So you're, you're, you're working on that right now. Despite yeah. that, you won't get anything out of Mister Evasive himself. So
3: right, uh, I, I talked to some aldermen, some who, who were not happy that they heard that Aaron Harkey, the head of uh, Dcase, was was canned over the the weekend. All right, um, they felt like you know they should at least get some heads up. But.
2: Yeah. God. Okay. There you go. Well, okay. So that's what you're working on next. We'll talk about it the next time. And then Monica, um, I expect some spoken word poetry now that we've gotten s- singing oh and rap out of you. So just uh, wait. Get ready Get ready to be Allen Ginsberg the next time we talk, okay?
3: I <laughs> tell the best minds of my generation. Anyway, all right, take care.
2: <laughs> all right, Monica, take care. See you later. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> she is a delight. You know what else is delight? Esmeralda. Uh, yeah.
0: Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. I'm talking about that Esmeralda Leon. some Esmeralda yeah. Esmeralda yeah, Esmeralda,
2: Esmeralda, Esmeralda, uh, the great Jason Skaggs, thingin', 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 thingin' the theme, suddenly I'm Elmer Fudd, what's going on this morning? <laughs> uh, let's just say hello, let, let me stop talking for a couple seconds so we can say hello to Esmeralda Leon. Hi Esmeralda. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you? Okay. I'm okay. Aside from your Aside Elmer fudd little
2: Elmer Elmer Fudd incident that I just had there, not being able to speak. But uh, you know, it's not important that I speak. I just host a podcast, so I shouldn't know how to speak, right? Anyway.
1: Well, it's no use. Well, you have no, no use for that. that. No,
2: are you kidding? Uh, so it is a Friday. Any plans for this uh, for this coming weekend for uh, the Esmeralda Leon household? Um, no. I think we're just
1: hanging out. Okay
2: just hanging out.
1: All right, cool. Yep. Cool.
2: So, you know, I mean, we've had some pretty f- fun weather here lately. I mean, uh, you know, for late February, my god. Yeah? Like, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, it ha- it happens from time Hopefully it'll is- stay, I guess. I guess, yeah. But it's been a, it's been uh, you know, not wood. It's been kind of a a, a a we've only had a couple of days of like really cold we had that stretch a few, you know, like about a couple of weeks ago where it was like two. Mm-hmm. But then, man, I mean, it's just been like it was 60, 60, to go, 60 degrees yesterday. And then I guess by Thursday, it's supposed to be 70. We're supposed to hit 70 on leap day.
1: And I, Is that just... because it, the day doesn't exist or something? <laughs> that's what it. <laughs> so, like, it's like, yeah, we'll give you a 70. Here you
2: go. <laughs> this only happens once every four years. So enjoy it enjoy yep. it yeah. yep i remember do you remember any other specifically warm um well you, this is a whenever there's winter warm weather winter warm weather is always a mm-hmm. kind of an interesting thing especially in this city do you know what to because do, do, like like if you go out like today like you will go out today because you walk dogs so you you know you know one of the great mm-hmm. things that you do is you you are a lovely uh dog walker and you have dogs how many how many dogs do you walk usually Um, about six or seven. Six or seven. Not at the same time, right? You're not like one of those... No, no. no. One of those crazy people. You ever see those crazy people that walk like 26 dogs at (laughs) once?
1: No. I honestly, I don't know how that works because half the dogs I walk, they're actually quite reactive to other dogs. Yeah. So they would just fight.
2: (laughs) Could you imagine that, trying to walk like six, six, seven dogs at one time? I can't even... I can't even comprehend that. I
1: mean, if they're all calm, I guess.
2: But, and in, the, I mean, in the same household, are maybe?
1: are so different. I mean, yeah, they would have to be in the same household. Or they knew each other beforehand. Right. Um, because dogs also, they're very, you know, they have very different personalities when they walk. Some like to walk slower. Others like to go around and smell stuff. Some just want to walk. Like, they're just yeah. ready to go. And they're fast walkers. And then there's slow walkers. There's just so many variables it, that I'm always confused how those people, that have all the the million dogs together, do it. I know.
2: I can't imagine it. Now, as you may or may not know, um, I'm now kind of a semi regular dog walker because uh, my girlfriend mm-hmm. has a dog, and I walk and I walk Trixie regularly now. And I had to like get back into the rhythm of walking a dog. And Trixie's an interesting dog to walk, as all of them have different personalities. And you're absolutely right. Uh, but I can't imagine just walking this one dog. Sometimes it's like Jesus. I get in the, I get back into the <laughs> house, and I'm like, damn, I can't imagine having like two or three dogs at at, at one time. But you're right. Now, have you ever, uh, uh, you know, you know, I know you don't do this. Do you ever do this with it? Do you ever go to a dog park and like let them off the leash and let them go nuts? No. Okay. No.
1: Just because we don't, we can't trust. Right other dogs
2: (laughs) exactly and you're just you know like it's not your dog so you you, do exactly yeah is there are there rules for dog walkers do they say you can't take them to this you can't do that are there that you have to follow Um,
1: we just we just have policies that we don't so like if we see dogs we cross the street Right. we don't yeah we don't let them really interact with other dogs unless we know specifically that oh that dog is a friend of that dog's yeah So that like nothing's gonna happen because they've they've known each other and they've met and they all of that but otherwise i always i always cross the street i always get very much out of the way uh if other dogs are coming through other people are coming through just everything because you never know i have a couple dogs that like they're fine most of the time when someone walks by and then you know it just i don't know what sets them off and they'll want to try to jump on somebody
2: it's weird, So you right? always have
1: to be ready to, yeah. yeah, you always have to have space in case that happens.
2: I do the same thing when I walk Trixie. I kind of, like, if I see somebody walking towards me, I'll either cross the street or I'll, I'll hold Trixie and and step away yeah. and, let, and let them pass by, you know, because you never know. And, I, and you know, like, uh, you know, it's not my dog. I see the dog every weekend, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not my dog. So, you know, Julie, obviously, is better at knowing you know how how Trixie's going to react to certain dogs, and also because she knows right. more people in the neighborhood than I do, and has probably seen them. Because a lot of people, you know, you, and then you get to know the people in the neighborhood who have dogs. That's one of those things. It's like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen you walking around because everybody kind of walks a similar path sometimes. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. But these dog parks, we go to this one. Julie goes to, the, to this one in um, Tinley Park, the Bremen Dog Park in the Bremen, like uh, in the uh, Bremen Village or whatever the hell it's called. And it's just like, you let the dogs off the leash and they go nuts. It's like a bunch of like, you know, like, you know, real estate, like in a forest. Preserve. Yeah. And they just, it's all fenced off and you can let the dogs off the leash and a whole bunch of people who show up with their dogs and just, they're all off the leash and they just run around and everybody just kind of sits on, you know, at a, you know, like at a picnic table and eats while their dogs go nuts. <laughs> And it's kind of interesting to see just, like, a pack of dogs just running around acting like dogs, and then they're exhausted afterwards. Like, that's a good way to – it's a a good way to tire out your dog, I'll tell you, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. God.
2: And then we take them to the – we took uh, Trixie to the uh, pet – I think I told you this already – the pet supply place where you can hose them down, where you can wash them. Mm -hmm. See, because they get all muddy and full of snow and stuff lately. So – but, like, you know, the, the other thing, warm winter weather in Chicago is always interesting. How do you know how to dress? Like, you just go out on your back porch and go, hmm, okay, jacket. Because you never I mean, know.
1: yeah. You also, you look at the weather.
2: Yeah. And then a,
1: you make your own, you make your own decisions and you, it, you layer. You, essentially, you do. You always have to layer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because you never know. Like, I went to a movie last night and, uh, and. You know, uh, I went to it last evening. I went to a, I went to a movie, really terrific documentary, by the way, about um, Sarajevo and what was going on in the 90s there, the genocide and everything mm-hmm. that was happening and the war zone that Sarajevo was. And then it all kind of climaxes with U2 playing there years later. It's mm-hmm. called It's called Kiss the Future. It's a terrific documentary. Really, really, really good. And I went to see it. And when I left, the sun was still kind of out, you know, because the, the, the yeah. days are getting a little bit longer. And I was like, oh, it's pretty yes. nice. Out. And when I got to the theater, I was like, god damn, it's cold. You know, like... so within within like you know within like 90 minutes to two hours we can drop 30 degrees i mean it's chicago but like i went Mm -hmm. out and i just had like a sweatshirt and a you know little uh, like a like a vest underneath it and then when Mm -hmm. i walked out to to wait for the train i'm like man you know because it was at rosemont and you know how windy that goddamn train uh station is because it's right on the expressway and uh waiting for the train afterwards i'm like oh i should i should have layered i did not yeah yeah
1: i mean i'm i'm in my neighborhood so if it does get too cold i can always come back to my house
2: yeah yeah that's cool i
1: usually just i layer and then i layer more for the cold yeah and then you know i have a backpack so then i can just take off stuff stuff in it
2: there you go yeah Mm -hmm. because you know what because you're smart i'm an idiot i just left i was like oh so
1: anyway, <laughs> yeah, like it's warm out. It'll it's be nice, it's lovely. It'll be
2: when I get out. It'll be eighty. You know, like so. I an idiot. <laughs> um, now, do you love the I love. Do you love the guys who immediately like if it gets above thirty-five, they start. Well, do you love the the other guys who like wear coats but then shorts? You see, you know those guys that I'm talking I, about.
1: I I'm like I mean I kind of <laughs> get it because like I'll wear skirts and things and my legs won't be cold or as cold as if you were to not wear a jacket on top yeah so i can kind of see it but i'm also like hey there's time yeah don't worry
2: (laughs) it's no i know not gonna pass you by (laughs) yeah i love the. i love it when people just walk around like it gets above it's like 35 i'm gonna start wearing shorts like come on man how about the dudes who walk around like with just you you ever see the guys who just walk around with just a scarf you know what i mean like (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's like, like that's not enough. It's <laughs> not enough, buddy. Yeah, put it's a little like, more on. It's okay No, I got a big puffy scarf around my neck. Everything is fine. Like, mm, unless it's a giant blanket size, yeah, yeah. I would say like, cool, that, like wear, that. Wear a little more.
2: What, what was it with Lenny Kravitz? Right, that was that meme. Yeah, what Lenny Kravitz. But even had then, the...
1: that thing was that was a scarf. That yeah, was a scarf, right. though. If it had been like a full-on blanket, I would have been like, makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, it was. like it was a just giant, a big, giant, chunky, big, scarf. giant ass scarf. I don't know how you would. I mean, it would be very awkward to wrap that it around would, yourself. It would
2: be. Yeah, but you know, if, if there's anybody that can get away with that kind of shit, it's Lenny Kravitz. He can get away with that.
1: That's true. Because he he's is fucking, amazing. He's
2: fucking Lenny Kravitz, man. Does that guy yeah. age? Does he no. age? I, I mean, he has seriously. Been the same for thirty years. He now. has been like a smoke. He's the been same. smoking hot. Looks like he's twenty five for thirty years. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Now you know who his mom
1: was, right? Yeah, uh, from Good or Good Times, from Jeffersons. the Jeffersons. Yeah, Roxy Roker.
2: Yeah, Roxy Roker from uh, from the Jeffersons. I'm always I always just like, wow, that's amazing. Lenny Kravitz's mom. And then like his daughter is like the second best Catwoman. In the history of mm-hmm. uh, the Batman movies, because she was in the Robert Pattinson Batman, and she kicked ass in that; she was fantastic. Zoe Kravitz, she's one of the brides in uh, Fury Road. She rules. So, and she was, and she was in the reboot. Didn't they do a reboot of High Fidelity? And she was Rob, like she was the lead. They yeah. did,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't,
2: I didn't watch that. I have personal issues, so I didn't watch it. Uh, did you watch any of that?
1: I didn't tried. It was fine. Yeah, there wasn't anything like ooh. Yeah, I watched like one episode and it. Ugh, and you got the gist, really... right? You got the gist. <laughs> I mean, it's it's exactly the same. Yeah. Except it's a woman and it's set in now times, I guess. Yeah. But you know, it's the same. It's the same like story hits and everything. So. Yeah. 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 Eh, it was fine. Yeah, I wasn't that into it.
2: I like her though, man. I really like her. I loved her in the Batman. Oh, God. I thought she was so great. Oh, actually, I loved everything about that movie. It's like my second favorite. It's like, actually, I think it's the best Batman movie ever made, that last one. I really, God. And of course, now they're going to make it, you know, they'll make 20 of them now. (laughs) By the way, you know, since the last time I saw you, uh, Esmeralda, I saw Dune uh, part two. Oh. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so fucking great. It's so great um I loved the first one but like literally mm-hmm. the first one is all set up and this is all payoff like all the themes yeah. and everything all the themes about the politics and what it says about religion and you know uh you know uh the white savior and what it says about uh, uh politics all the stuff that Frank Herbert said in very critical fashion it all comes out in this and then on just on top of it it's fucking spectacular, giant science fiction spectacle with great performance. Mm -hmm. It is is everything. Like when you go to a movie to see it on the big-ass screen and it's a big multi-million dollar sci-fi blockbuster tentpole movie, this is the definition of that. It pays off in every possible way. It's two hours and 50 minutes long. It feels like it's 20 minutes. It's fucking great. It's great. I'm going back. There's an IMAX screening of it Monday. I'm going to see it then. And I'm going to see it Friday again in, um, in 70 millimeter. They're showing it in 70 millimeter at the music box. So if people are interested in seeing it on film in 70 millimeter, exclusive mm-hmm. run at the music box in 70 millimeter. Um, no, it's everything that I had hoped it would be. And actually much more like it's oh, unbelievable. God. So I can't recommend it highly. I know you saw the first one, right? You saw the, you saw mm-hmm. the one. yeah. Um and, uh, and even if you haven't, and I've read the books, and as someone who is like a, like a geek about the books, this is maybe one of the best, it is without question one of the best, in, most incredible adaptations of a classic book of all time. Like, it's really, mm-hmm. it's a, an astonishing piece of work, and everybody involved should be congratulated on every level. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they should just stop releasing movies except for Furiosa. Which is coming out in May? Yeah, <laughs> and just give just give everything to Dune. Here, I'll hear all the. Well, let's skip everything. Can we do two award ceremonies next week? Can we do the Oscars next week? Give everything to Oppenheimer for this year, and then just go. All right, let's skip everything. Just give everything to Dune Part Two. <laughs> <That's right now. laughs> so, and it's uh, it's worth going out during the warm winter weather.
1: Yes, <laughs> what better way to celebrate the warm weather than go into a, a dark the, movie
2: theater? <laughs> yeah, in a in a movie that mostly takes place in you know in a hot on a hot planet, <laughs> so, with nothing it's but sand. showing
1: us our future. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. That's the other thing about this warm winter because it's like oh, warm winter weather. Let's all talk about it and love warm winter weather and go out with our shorts on and just a scarf and everything. And it's like oh, it's so awesome to to be seventy degrees in February. And then it's like oh wait, yeah, the planet's dying okay great yeah
1: that's why i (laughs) always get sad about that stuff because i'm like this is nice but this is not normal
2: (laughs) right right it's not normal we we, we're all gonna have some fun during the lovely warm winter weather that we're experiencing but you know we might pay for it in the long run so anyway right um we're gonna
1: we're gonna be like i remember when yeah (laughs) it's
2: weather. remember 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 when we need coats and scarves before? Remember those days? We don't don't anymore.
1: Remember my old winters? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh Remember winter, Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, they're kind of excited. Maybe a little about the warm weather.
0: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. How
2: you doing, Carrie? Oh, she's got a shirt that says "Warm winter weather is fun." Oh, wow.
1: Hi, I'm oh. Carrie Russell. All right, Carrie. I love Nick's show. Oh, all right. A little too on the nose, Carrie, but okay. Yeah, <laughs>
2: It's funny. It's funny how she knows exactly what we're talking about and can get those t shirts printed up and sold within seconds.
1: Well, she's, I guess uh, you're, uh, she's, uh, what do you call it? She's omniscient? listening through the, through the wind door. Through
2: yeah. window right by the, through window. the window. For the wind door. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I do have to say this to her, you know, get the fuck out of my house. Just every once in a while. Every once in a while. Which
1: is crazy because it's Carrie Russell. Because it's Carrie Russell, and I love her very much.
2: Anyway, Uh, who will never appear on this podcast. Okay, anyway. um, (laughs) Hey, so so really quickly, they have been announcing some unbelievable guests for Flashback this year, uh, Esmeralda. Yes. And we're going to have some fun because we're going to do the podcast live again on stage. Um, mm-hmm. it'll be August 2nd through the 4th at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare and our, uh, podcast live podcast uh, edition will be on Saturday, the 3rd, August 3rd. Um, and we'll be in the big, uh, Q and a room and, uh, it'll probably be at you know, be, it'll be in the afternoon. Don't know the time yet, obviously, cause it's only February. Uh, but right. a lot of, the, a lot of the guests have been announced already. Jane Levy, as we mentioned from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and from Suburgatory mm-hmm. and, don't Breathe and uh, Evil Dead and other great things. She's one of the great guests. Devin Sawa, who's in the final Destination movie, first final Destination yes, movie. Yes, yeah. And, I, and Idle Hands. <laughs> yeah, Casper, that's right. He's in Casper. He's <laughs> uh, he's in Casper. He's also in Idle Hands, which is a movie that I absolutely love. I think a kind of a – have you seen Idle Hands with the him and Seth Green? Um, I've and...
1: seen Bits and Pieces. Like, I yeah. remember
2: when it came out. Yeah, yeah uh cuz that's that's one of your generation cuz i think that was like a mm-hmm. i think you were a teenager when that one came out i think you like cuz the, the king mm-hmm. came out like in 99 or 2000 he, he was in that and of course he was stan in the video the uh the Eminem. oh yeah he was st- right. he was crazy ass stan who drove <laughs> who drove the car yeah. with his girlfriend in the trunk drove his car That's that was him he's coming nick castle who was uh the shape wore the mask in the original halloween and became a writer and director in his own right uh, is going to be Very there. Cool. Uh, and then we've got a thing reunion happening Esmeralda. Oh boy. Uh, and you know, how I feel about the thing. Um, yeah. so Keith, David, who played childs in the thing. He also played. Yeah. F- Frank. And Colin, Ailey.
1: Colin was quite excited about that. Oh one. my
2: God. And he's going to be here. Keith,
1: David, we are a Keith, David fan household here. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, well, he's been in so many, he's been great in so many things. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people remember him mm-hmm. from, uh, Oh, uh, there's something about Mary. How, how how'd you get the beans above the Frank, which is, which is one of his lines. <laughs> there's something about Mary. But I mean, like, the
1: voice alone, like the voice acting he's done, yeah, is great.
2: Yeah, he's fantastic, and he also has my favorite line in the thing. It's my favorite line, and that that is now how's this motherfucker wake up after thousands of years in the ice. That's my favorite line.
0: <laughs>
2: so he's he's going to be there. Keith David who played Charles, David Clennon who played um who played Palmer. He's going to be there. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the guy who smokes a lot of pot and flies the helicopter. He's the one that goes, "You got to be fucking kidding" when the the head sprouts legs and starts running around the room. <laughs> yeah. The room. <laughs> that's him. And then uh Thomas F Waits, who plays Windows, is going to be there. Windows was the radio control guy. Um nice. so he's going to be there. So that's three members of the thing that are going to be there, and I don't know if there's going to be more, but there might. So I don't know Esmeralda maybe we can get you know we had the we had the Christine reunion on stage with us We did So maybe we'll do the thing reunion on stage with oh, us Oh boy yeah, that, that would, would be, be... Colin yeah. will lose his mind, by the way. Like, like, uh, yeah, I'll be you know, I mean, like, I got to talk to
1: Keith David. Post- yeah, you know, you're, you're going to sit up, st-
2: <laughs> hang out and sit up on stage with Keith David? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I, I'm going to have him sign stuff, that, and I want him to sign it. To like, how's this motherfucker wake up to a thousand years in the ice? Because it's my favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line so much. I remember the first time I saw that movie. I just, everybody busted out when he said <laughs> Like, they're asking questions about, you know, like, what's going on? What's, you know, why is this? It's an alien? Is it this? They're asking questions, and they're like, yeah, it, froze, it was frozen, and it thawed out, and it came out, and I like, how's this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> After thousands of years of the ice, this is my favorite. Okay, anyway. So, yeah, great thing reunion, all kinds of great stuff happening, and there's even more to be announced. We're only in February, and, um, you know, flashback isn't until the beginning of August, and, I mean, just a stellar lineup so far so and more to mm-hmm. come yeah so it'll be fun yeah. it'll be fun yeah you'll you'll have we'll all, we're all gonna have a blast this year at flashback so that's in august but look forward to it and that thing reunion i don't know how many more people are showing up because there are you know there were other guys there a couple of the actors have passed away <laughs> yeah. a couple of the actors have passed away one of them is kurt russell and i doubt that kurt russell will be coming although that would be pretty amazing but some of the other guys there's still some there are some still some possibilities yeah. To get those guys from the thing. So that'll be fun. Anyway. So I figured I'd, I'd let you know because of the, you know, you're thinking cold winter, even though it's warm winter weather, the thing was cold winter weather. Very cold. Yes. In that movie. Very, very cold. So Very cold. Anyway, All right. Uh, we've got some uh, some snacks that we're going to continue to uh, taste test from France, it's courtesy of Universal Yums. And we have like a, a, a specific caramel candy that we're going to try a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll do that later on but we've been talking about uh celebrities that people that everybody hates. And uh on the last uh episode we talked about Gwyneth Paltrow because of her goop, right? Yes. Um <laughs> yeah. And then two people that I liked uh that everybody seemed to like Kristen Stewart. I I'm a fan. And but we talked about how because of the at the beginning of her career when she was, you know, like in that controversy with her director and robert pattinson she was in those stupid twilight movies everybody hated her for a while
1: right yeah um and, yeah but you know you gotta you got bills to pay
2: so. exactly <laughs> and then anne hathaway is the other one that i like that and 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 then you said uh pick me what was it was it pick me energy yeah, she has pick me energy yeah i wasn't even aware i wasn't really and i understood as soon as you said it i understood exactly what the implication was but yeah. i never I never really heard is that it is it is pick me energy is that been a is that a term that's been around is that a phrase that's been around for a while
1: um i don't I'm not sure probably yeah um probably heard it within the last year
2: or yeah. so but as soon as you said it, I'd never heard the phrase before, but as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly exactly mm-hmm. what you mean that that type
1: of energy has been around for a very long time yeah. you probably just had different names for it
2: exactly um exactly but I've but that got us
1: also said like try hard yeah <laughs> you're being a try hard
2: <laughs> but that got us that got us talking about leah michelle from glee who i yeah. think if that phrase was invented i believe it was invented for her
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. she's very yeah she's very much theater kid as well yeah Big time, um, well, big time. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: so uh, getting back to like the celebrities that everyone hates, and some people like some of these celebrities. Like, in fact, I happen to love Kristen Stewart and Anne Hathaway. Gwyneth Paltrow, I used to like her. Now she's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this next one, I gotta say, uh, I I fall under the category of hate. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, it's Kim Kardashian. I find nothing remotely interesting about her, and I and and as you know, Esmeralda. I watch a lot of really fucking stupid television. You know what I mean? Right. Like I watch a lot. I I waste hours of my life watching shit on TV. And uh but I proudly can say that I have never once watched more than 30 seconds of any of the Kardashian TV shows. None of them. So I may watch a lot of stupid shit on TV, but I can proudly say that I've never seen more than 30 seconds of any of those being the Kardashians or these are the car or whatever the fuck they are. I've never watched mm-hmm. any of it. I just find her shockingly uh, 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 idiotic and annoying. So.
1: Yeah. She's, um, I don't like her. And honestly, I'm very happy that, like, at this moment, as we're talking about it, just thinking about it, haven't really uh, seen anything about her. Good. It's been a while, right? Thank it's you. been a
2: while. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm um,
1: fine. I'm fine.
2: About a year and a half ago, or two years ago, she hosted SNL, um, mm-hmm. and it was uh, a train wreck. And I remember people were like, you know, because her dumbass. What's her dumbass? Her dumbass mom, Chris Jenner. That's her mom, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then
2: what? Two of the other idiots showed up, uh, all on the on the show. And mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, when she hosted SNL, I think that's when she started banging Pete Davidson. Like, that's, I think... Oh, right. I forgot that was a thing. That's Yeah, Pete Davidson slept with everybody. Pete da- the- <laughs> Can I ask you a question as an objective uh, heterosexual woman, Esmeralda? Yeah. Is Pete Davidson sexy? No.
1: <laughs> He's not... I don't understand why he was a, he's a thing because he's gotten Kate Beckinsale where I'm like, girl, really?
2: Oh, he's got a um, lot of, I mean, a lot of beautiful. I mean, a lot of hot women have,
1: uh, I mean, people attribute it to because of, um, it's big thing with the bear. Well, yeah, so there's that, but also, so, so people were, were kind of tr- trying to find reasons why this <laughs> is happening with B. Davidson. And one of them was, that he kind of gives off the same kind of um energy and personality that like a line cook or someone like that or like someone who works in a restaurant who kind of has so there's a bit of an i guess an allure to someone like that because you know they can cook
2: but they're kind of like okay
1: they're like kind of gross like there's something about them they're a little like skeezy And things like that so people were saying like that that's the thing that could have been why
2: that's interesting i'd never heard that Um, before but that's interesting like a line cook
1: yeah okay okay um and i think it was more because of the bear because of the bear coming out i think that then people started to like put two and two together as to Uh, why women were into it
0: i
2: get Um, it okay that's interesting. Yeah. I will say this. Uh Julie and I went to see uh Pete because I love Pete Davidson. I think he's fucking hilarious. And and I don't know if you have you seen Dumb Money yet? No. Okay, it's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's really good. One of my favorite movies of last year that got overlooked by everybody. But a really terrific movie. And Pete Davidson is spectacularly good in it. Like he's great in it. Um he plays mm-hmm. Paul Dano he pa- plays Paul Dano's brother. And it's based on you know what it is, right? It's based on the the whole uh uh GameStop uh yep. stock thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 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 a tremendous movie that nobody saw last year. And I think truly one of the most satisfying, uh, entertaining movies of last year. Easily. And Pete Davidson's mm-hmm. fantastic in it. So Julie and I went to go see Pete Davidson. He did his stand up and he had like three opening acts that he tours with and they were and everybody was great that night. It was great. And we, and he played the Riv. And I'm telling you, Esmeralda, when he walked out on stage, I thought the girls were gonna I mean I thought they were gonna pass out like there were chicks there were (laughs) girls everywhere the place was packed with women hot ladies who i mean they were they were this short of throwing their panties up on stage when he walked out it was (laughs) unbelievable i mean you would think elvis walked out on stage these chicks were screaming like he was the sexiest dude on the planet and um yeah and i was like what and i know that this is like this is a This is a thing. There is a Pete Davidson thing out there. The women love that guy. And that's why I wanted to objectively ask you, is he sexy? And I love that immediately you went, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am. Well, because one, he's, I mean, he's not that much younger than me, but he is younger than me. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, that, yeah, he's 30. So I he's am a, he's 10 a child. years older yeah. than he's him. A, he's a child. Yeah, yeah he's a yeah. child. Yeah, he also, yeah. like, I just, the his, his, like, what he looks like. I'm just not into it. He, yeah. I mean, he makes fun of it himself. He
2: does, yeah.
1: About how he he just looks like he's on drugs or he's right. doing, and I'm just, yeah, I'm not into it. Not okay. into it. Okay. Him.
2: A lot of ladies are, though. I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah? It's it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, mis- yeah. it's mysterious to me. Jul- I asked Julie, and she's like, he is adorable. I mean, it's not, I mean, obviously, she's much older. You know, because Julie's Julie's in her 50s. She's around my age. So, like, he's a complete child. You know, you know he's 10 years younger than you. Mm-hmm. And he's much younger, you know. And she's like, I she goes, I think he's kind of adorable. Uh, but no, I don't think he's sexy. But in, in, like, her opinion and some of the other people that I've talked to, being funny goes a long way. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, it really does. It really, like, if you're funny, but you're not, like, the most attractive dude in the world, you're still going to get some inroads because women – Women aren't as as uh, as 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 surfacey as men. You know what I mean? Like you could be. Yeah. You don't have to be the greatest looking person in the world, but if you have a good personality and you're funny, you know they're much more open to it. The, the guys are like, well, she doesn't have big enough tits, even though she's great. You know what I mean? Like it's that because that's how guys think. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy like Pete Davidson, because women are just much more, you know, three dimensional and more interested in things <laughs> than guys. That's yeah. why a guy like Pete Davidson can score somebody, you know, like Kate Beckinsale and Ariana Grande and, uh, I don't know, whoever else. I mean, he dated Jesus Christ. I mean, he's, he's dated like a ton of hot women. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. And yeah, like you said, it's the, the humor goes, funny goes a long way. And then, yeah. um, so again, again, with the energies, um, apparently he has what people are calling chaos goblin line
2: cook energy (laughs) wait all right hold on wait 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 Wait. Uh, hold on i gotta write this down k chaos goblin line cook yeah wait energy yes okay so chaos goblin line cook energy yes so he looks like a goblin he's chaotic he has the the vibe of a line cook
1: Right. So all of that, all of that, that combined. He's assertive. He has tattoos. Like, there's this whole yeah.
2: Okay. All and
1: then right. again, the the whole thing with the bear, like people are starting to like.
2: I see. Think about okay. that, and they
1: yeah. Right. So they named it. They named. They gave it a a title. So, the,
2: so I love that chaos goblin line cook energy. That's what Pete. That's how Pete Davidson scores women like Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. So there's hope for, um, there's there's hope for weirdos with tattoos who have bug eyed, who are bug eyed. Yeah. Yeah. There's somehow, (laughs) and
1: again, like you said though, there's the humor. It's the humor thing I bet you that really puts it over the edge.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, being, being funny goes a long way. It does. It it does. Yeah. I've discovered that. I have to say, I've discovered that. Personally, <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that I'm not, I, you know, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no pleasure to look at. But you know, I've I've dated some, you know, some really lovely women, and it's because I made them laugh. I'm almost positive it has nothing to do with my looks. I'm, i I think it's because I made yeah. them laugh, and I and it goes a long way. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to have in your arsenal. <laughs> so you, you can make somebody laugh. That's good. Okay, but I do not have Chaos Goblin Line Cook Energy. I do not have that, so I'm I'm lacking in that no. department, which is why right. I will I will never be able to get Kim Kardashian, and I'm fine with that. I'm <laughs> totally fine with that. But okay, Pete Davidson. That's interesting. But I love I loved how immediate your answer was. Is, is Pete Davidson sexy? No. No. Okay, <laughs> <then>. <laughs> no. Oh man! All right. A little bit little bit into this list now of uh, celebrities everybody hates. Shia LaBeouf. Um. Where do you stand he on was, the on the LeBouf? He was
1: fine. I haven't really heard from him lately, but he was he was okay for a while, and then he kind of went all. I'm a method actor, and yeah, yeah. And I and saw remember that when he, movie.
2: <laughs> which which one? Um, oh, the, where he where was like he the, is
1: a white cholo.
2: Right, 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 right. <laughs> it right, man.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Apparently, he got real into that one.
2: Yeah, he did. He did. I gotta say, when he first came on the scene, when it, when he was a kid, I thought he was great, and I liked him. I was a big fan of his. Like, I liked Disturbia. I liked Eagle Eye. I was a fan of of the Laboof I really was. I liked him, and I, and and I always thought he was funny and charming. He told one of my favorite stories ever on, um, I guess it was on Letterman. It was on one of the late night talk shows where he was here in town shooting uh, that stupid ass Transformers movie. Oh yeah, and he got arrested. Yeah, he got arrested at the Walgreens at Chicago yeah. at Chicago and and, uh, and Michigan.
1: hmm
2: uh, and that's a Walgreens that I've been into eight hundred thousand times. And he went in there to get cigarettes but and but he was bought pimple cream, but he was drunk. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. he told he told the whole story. And it's hilarious. And he was charming and funny. And I remember he was on one of the first seasons of that uh Project Greenlight. Remember that show on HBO where a, uh, Affleck and Matt Damon yeah.
0: produced mm-hmm. a
2: movie and then they would pick the script and the director and then they, they would give the money and you'd have to shoot the movie and they would follow, yeah. you know. So you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. It was a reality show where they shot a low-budget movie and then the movie got released. Yeah, And he was in, LaBouffe was in one of the first ones. He was in uh, whatever, I can't remember the name of the fucking movie that it was, that he was in. But it was a, it was one of those Project Greenlight movies. And uh, I watched that entire, I've watched every season of Project Greenlight, every one of them. And I remember really liking him. I can't, and I can't think, what the fuck was it called? And it was, it, it was like, uh, it took place in Ohio. It, it was a place in Ohio. Shaker Heights, the Battle of Shaker Heights. That's what it was called. Um, so that was one of the very first Project Greenlight movies. And they hired this kid, Shia LaBeouf, who had only been, I think he'd only been in Even Steven. Mm-hmm. On, yeah, on, that uh, was uh, Disney. Yeah, yeah, he was on that, and I don't, and I think I, I don't think he was in Holes yet, uh, which because he eventually was in that, it was before that. But I remember really liking this kid, and I liked him all. But then when he started like walking around with a, remember when he went to like Cannes Film Festival for uh, uh, Nymphomaniac, the Lars von Trier movie, and he wore like a paper bag over his head that said, "I'm not a movie star," oh. or "I'm not, I'm not." Oh famous. right, <laughs> <Remember>? <laughs> <laughs> And remember when he when he like put a camera on himself he put like a go up like a uh, uh a, a a a gopro or whatever the fuck it is camera on himself and then he watched all of his movies oh yeah for like 48 hours straight in a movie theater remember that
1: right i forgot about that you could watch it live you could watch him you could live watch him Why, watching like him there just sleeping <laughs> you know,
2: watching his own movies and uh, and I still found that kind of interesting. I'm like, that's pretty funny. But then he like he kind of lost his mind. He did some awful shit. He was part of the I think didn't he get caught up into in like he he did some terrible shit was caught up in the Me Too stuff at one point. I think. Um, I'm not sure. I yes. think he's just
1: been an overall kind of like a butthole.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I remember there was a period of time when I liked that kid. I liked the labouf for a while. Um, but yeah, and then he got all weird, man. And that, and then maybe just like went off. he's got some, he's got, he's in, uh, oh, he's in Coppola's new movie. Francis Coppola has got a movie coming out. His first movie in like 15 mm-hmm. years. And it's an all-star cast and LaBuffy's in, he, I think he might be the the male lead in it. Oh. And, and that comes out in the fall and that's going to be a huge movie. The first movie that Francis Ford Coppola has directed in a long time and LaBuffy's yeah. in it. So it'll be interesting to see how yeah, there
1: was the, um, there was a little bit. Of controversy with that "Don't Worry, Darling" movie because he was supposed to be oh, lead, not right. Harry Styles.
2: That's right because she started banging Harry Styles like Olivia Wilde. Yeah, that and they were the-
1: throwing it onto um, the other actress, and I can't yeah. remember her name. Uh, but she's
2: uh, Florence Pugh. Lovely. Florence Pugh. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. were like,
1: "Oh, because they're fighting," and like they didn't want right and she's like, we're not fighting. Like we just, yeah, <laughs> that didn't happen, yeah. but okay. Yeah, sure. and the
2: controversy—the controversy was much more interesting than that goddamn movie, than that "Don't Worry, Darling," which was a terrible yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh's great in it because she's great in everything. But and by the way, fantastic in Dune. Fantastic in Dune. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, that's right. LaBuffy was supposed to be in that, and yeah. then they and can apparently uh,
1: he apparently starting January well, New Year's Eve of this year. He became a Catholic.
2: That's right. He did. He, tr- he did, didn't he? He converted. That's right. He,
1: he converted and he, yeah. he maybe
2: wants to be a deacon. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> this guy is fascinating. I don't right. know, man. Right, I think buddy. he's, you know, he might be a weirdo and he's, he, might, he might be kind of a weird and kind of a shitty. He might, he might have done some shitty stuff. I don't know. I don't hate the guy. I, don't, I, I wouldn't put him under the same category as Kim Kardashian because I find her just uninteresting and nothing. But at yeah. le- I, fi- I find Shia LaBeouf to be fascinating. I mean, maybe he's a, he's clearly a weirdo, but I like weirdos. <laughs> so I don't know. I find the guy, I find the guy kind of interesting. I, I don't know. Over the years, he's certainly, you know, like, you know, walking around the Cannes Film Festival with a paper bag over your head, like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> What's yeah, up? He's, he's like, like what? doing all these things, and I'm like, all right, man, sure. Yeah. yeah. Only when you've <laughs> decided to stop doing
2: silly things, but okay. Yeah. Okay, so Labouf, but I really and I dug him for doing. Now, did you like him at all? Like in the earlier in the earlier days, like
1: yeah. I mean, I thought he was fine. Yeah. Um, we tried recently to watch that Eagle Eye movie, and we, I remember Colin just going like, <laughs> "This movie is ridiculous. Like these things make no sense." Because he tried, I came in like middle or whatever, and I'm just like, well, so what's happening?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> Like, he had seen it before, but he was, like, still even trying to figure it out. He's like, I don't know what this is now.
2: I actually like that movie. Uh, I've only seen it one time, but I remember liking it. I like Disturbia, too. He did those kind of, like, back-to-back. I think with the same director. I think they were the same director. And I remember liking both of them, actually, very much. Uh, But they were both, like, Eagle Eye was kind of a ripoff of uh, Enemy of the State, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. The Will Will Smith, uh, Gene Hackman movie. And Disturbia was clearly Rear Window. And I was like, okay, well, if you're gonna, yeah, <laughs> I was like, those two movies there's are. There's also
1: so in Eagle Eye. There's also like a tinge of maybe Looper. If you remember oh, that movie, I do remember Bruce Looper. Was... was is there time travel in Eagle Eye? There's something about that, like somebody does something and then the whole timeline gets changed or something. Oh really? Then... Oh, okay,
2: I don't remember any of that. I just okay. Oh my god, I don't remember. What was it? Or am I thinking of the di- a different movie? I don't know. I don't think there was time travel. in. I think Disturbia was they witness some guy, a neighbor. No, through. yeah.
1: No, yeah. Uh, so Eagle Eye, yeah, that's. Um... Oh wait, that's Disturbia.
2: I'm sorry. So Eagle Eye was like I thought it was just like a like a like like the conversation or like uh or like the enemy of the state, which was like th- they tape something or there's like a surveillance thing that happens. And there's like a crime, so, and they, um, and they so wait. according to, see- to Google, yeah.
1: In terms of the what it's about, um, two strangers whose lives are suddenly thrown into turmoil by a mysterious woman they have never met, threatening their lives and family. The unseen caller uses everyday technology to control their actions, and push them into increasing danger. Oh, okay. But it was like a thing. At, at a certain point, they're like, "If this doesn't happen, something's gonna go." And it's like, "What?"
2: Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I just remember, I remember it being very much, you know, like, like, like I said, like enemy of the state and enemy of the state to rip off the conversation. Um um But yeah. And then I remember I didn't, they? weren't they able, like you just said in that kind, in that little synopsis there, they were able to do stuff like, like fuck with traffic signals and make them turn off and like, oh, it's walk. And now it's not walk. And they could do like weather, weather satellites and stuff like that. I think that's, yeah that's the kind of thing like that. the the technology was going to take over and maybe change the timeline of things. But yeah.
0: So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But I just remember,
2: yeah, yeah, I remember liking it. I was always, I was a fan of the laboo for a long time. And, uh, if you can find that, that, that story that he told on Letterman, um, about the pimple cream and the cigarettes at the Walgreens, it's, it's a pretty, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty fabulously entertaining story that he told. And, uh, Even, even remember when he was like the Indiana Jones, wasn't he like his fucking son in that movie with the monkeys? Yeah. 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 I think
1: they were, and they were, well, people were, I think,
2: Grooming him. Hoping. Yeah. Yeah, that he would be the next Indy. Then he was walking around with a bag on his head. (laughs) Right. I think Spielberg went, nah, yeah, no, he's not going to be the next Indiana Jones. So anyway, well, he's on the list of celebrities that people hate. I don't hate him though. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. He certainly... Now, does he have chaos goblin line cook energy,
1: Esmeralda? Um, I don't think so. No? <laughs> he... Yeah, even though he does have all those tattoos, uh, he has more... He's like... His thing is more pretentious than... Yeah, I got than,
0: you. I got you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. All right, well, we will continue the celebrities that are weird and everybody hates and get into that fun conversation, and then we will we will continue to study uh pick me energy and chaos goblin line cook energy as we can yes. see. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much from you Esmeralda. It's amazing.
1: Oh, it's really thank amazing. you. Yes. Yeah. Uh all
2: right, let's try some caramels from France. Universal yums. And these are fleur de sel caramels. France's famous fleur de sel and meets buttery sweetness. Salted caramel is so popular you might think it's been around forever, but in reality, humans figured out space travel before they figured out how this iconic, uh, this iconic flavor. It was only in 1977? What? That confectioner Henri Leroux debuted the first salted caramel made with Brittany's famous sea-salted butter. By 1980, it was voted the country's best candy. By 2008, it had gone global with Hagen dazs and Starbucks debuting salted caramel products. With this yum, you'll understand why this French flavor has stuck around quite literally. See what they did there? Because that's astonishing to me that 1977.
1: Yeah, wow. you would. Yeah, caramel just doesn't seem
2: that young. It just seems <laughs> no. It seems to me like it's been around forever. What? Wow, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. So here's some caramel directly from France. Are we ready to try it? A little caramel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Hold on. Let me.
1: Okay so i'm always a fan of caramel and salt so
2: mm.
1: this should be good mm.
2: oh
1: it's very soft
2: very soft mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah awesome i'm awesome. into it awesome yeah yeah this is awesome caramel I, and i love caramel nice. i love caramel um yeah no this is badass yeah mm-hmm. maybe my favorite thing we've tried um, yeah, this is lovely. Don't yeah. chew though. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not.
1: I was just gonna get all stuck up in there.
2: Mm. Yep. Oh man, really good. So yeah, and I think this in the garlic aioli potato chips. Mm-hmm. Uh have been the standout so far. Yeah. Although the raspberry nice. the raspberry roll cake was lovely as well. It was yeah. also lovely. But I gotta say these caramel. Yeah,
1: that raspberry roll cake, I yeah, delicious. I would like to have that with a cup of
2: tea. Beautiful, and then polish it off with some of these caramels. Man, delicious. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) badass French caramels. Okay, cool. Thank you, Universal Yums. All right, outstanding. We'll uh, we'll try some more uh, some more snacks next time. All right, I'm gonna get this out of my mouth because I have to continue talking. (laughs) So. (laughs) I have to wrap up the show. I can't be chewing on caramel uh, all day. All right. My thanks to Monica Ang, the lovely Monica Ang from Axios.com slash Chicago. Uh, Subscribe to their great newsletter. Uh, Next time on the show, Dan Feinberg is going to join us for uh, the Every Other Week TV talk. Lots of TV to talk about. We'll ask him if uh, he has uh, Chaos Goblin line cook energy. (laughs) There you go. That's the thing. Uh, And I want to thank you all for uh, listening and subscribing. Please spread the word, share, rate, and review us on every platform. You want to be a part of the podcast we have a voicemail system that's set up 24 7 we want to hear from you anytime you want to say something anything 773-417-6948 email us to nickdpodcast at gmail.com you want to be a sponsor lots of people listen to this podcast advertise with us write us a note and say i want to be a sponsor sales at radiomisfits.com jason skaggs does all the music and the sound and the weirdness he's awesome ed does everything else at radiomisfits.com check out our 24-hour streaming service it's like radio only cooler radiomisfits.live Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time on the Nick D Podcast.